What if the worst thing you've ever done and you're most ashamed of and your most painful memory could be removed forever? It can be. It will be because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Let's let's pray and talk to him. Lord, we come here not just with jubilation, but with humility. We come not just with tears of joy, but tears of relief and appreciation. We come here not just out of tradition, habit, because it looks good or it's nice. We come here out of deep reverence and appreciation for you taking our sin and our shame, our pain upon yourself, and returning to us instead your holiness, your righteousness, your peace, your comfort, your joy forever and ever and ever. Lord, we celebrate your death and we celebrate your life. We celebrate the fact that you love us unconditionally and we say thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, may this celebration continue through the message and through the day as we reflect on how wonderful and beautiful our Savior is. May the Holy Spirit use me to help us appreciate you even more as you speak through me the words of this message and through your scripture. And we ask all these things in the most majestic name, Jesus Christ. Amen. It was Easter Sunday morning, small Midwestern church. Church was packed. People were dressed in their Easter best, and there were people there that hadn't been to church since Christmas. Whole families, they were there. Everybody was there. Not an empty seat. Everyone was there, except the pastor. As the 11 o'clock hour approached for the start of the message, the pastor was not there, and the deacons started getting a little fidgety. They started the singing, and the organist played every hymn and every verse of the hymn that had to do with Easter, and the pastor's still not there. She added another hymn. It's 11.25, and the pastor, Easter Sunday, is still not there. One of the deacons got up, and he called for the offering and called for the soloist, and they're taking the offering, and soloist is singing, and the pastor's still not there. Then they hear a car, its motor, roaring in the distance. You can tell that the car is speeding, and it's getting louder and louder as the soloist is trying to get louder and louder to drown out the motor. And then they hear the screech of the tires, and the church door bangs open, and the young pastor, out of breath, comes running down the aisle, jumps up on the stage, his eyes big like saucers, and cries out, Jesus Christ is alive! And then left the church. Shortest Easter sermon ever preached. 
But the words, he's alive, are not the words that I heard. The words that I heard when I burst through my parents' front door to see my father for the last time after traveling 24 hours from Greece to San Diego to see him and hear his last words. As I burst through the door, the words I heard were, he's dead. And that, too, is an important part of the Easter story. Being declared dead. You see, the impact of someone saying he's alive only has impact if someone previously has said he's dead. Only the gospel writer Mark includes the following detail in Mark 15 when the governor Pontius Pilate wants to know if Jesus is dead or not. It says in Mark 15, verse 43, Joseph of Arimathea came, a prominent member of the council, a member of the council that had declared that Jesus should be put to death. He was a man who himself was waiting for the kingdom of God, and he gathered up courage and went in before Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And Pilate wondered if Jesus was dead by this time. And summoning the centurion, Pilate questioned him as to whether Jesus was already dead. And ascertaining this from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph of Arimathea. At some point in the future, distant future for some of you, imminent future perhaps for some of us, Someone is going to ask about you, and someone else is going to reply, Oh, didn't you hear? He's dead. Or she's dead. And although death often catches us by surprise, everyone dies. Everyone gets declared dead. But imagine after experiencing the death of your spouse, or your best friend, or your child, or your father, or mother... That after three days, after they've been declared dead, someone says, they're alive. It's much too easy with hindsight to criticize the early disciples who had trouble believing that Jesus was alive after he'd been declared dead. They responded when they heard that he's alive with the words, that's nonsense. Because none of them None of them expected the resurrection. Not one of Jesus' disciples, not even one, expected him to rise from the grave. None of them waited at the tomb. None of them. Not even his mother was waiting at the tomb for him to rise from the dead. Not one of Jesus' disciples showed up at the tomb on Easter morning expecting Jesus to be alive and expecting the tomb to be empty. Not one of them. In John's Gospel, John chapter 20, verses 1 and 2, this is what John writes about that day. Now, on the first day of the week, 
the day we call Sunday, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark and saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. And so she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken the Lord away out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. They didn't expect a resurrection. The empty tomb was a complete shock because, as Pastor Andy Stanley puts it so well, nobody expected no body. You see, dead people are supposed to stay dead. It's always been that way. Death has always been final. The end, the last word, the finish. Dead is dead. Back in Mark's gospel in chapter 16, verse 9, Mark writes this. Now, after Jesus had risen early on the first day of the week, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and reported to those who had been with him while they were mourning and weeping. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they refused to believe it. Because dead people are supposed to stay dead. That's the way it's always been. I perform my own father's funeral. Nearly 20 years later, I performed my own mother's funeral. And when I looked in their open caskets, to put it quite bluntly, they looked quite dead. They didn't look peaceful. They didn't look like they were sleeping. They didn't look natural. They looked dead because they were dead. And I have performed countless funerals for people who were only a few hours old to people who have lived almost an entire century. And the one thing they all had in common is that they were dead. And there was nothing I or anyone else could do to change that. Death is final, death is irreversible, and death is, wait a minute, he's alive? Jesus is alive? Jesus Christ is alive? Well, that changes everything. That changes everything. Now you can say amen. (laughs) You see, Jesus either rose from the dead or he didn't. There's no half resurrection. There's no partial resurrection. There's no, hey, he had a really good try at resurrection. He either did it or he didn't. He either kept his promise or he is a liar and a charlatan who's rotting in the grave, just like you and me someday. 
And if that be the case, if Jesus wasn't who he said he was, if Jesus didn't raise from the grave, then he is a nobody. Unless, of course, there really was no body, and then he's somebody. You see, Easter either changes absolutely everything, or it changes absolutely nothing. The Easter message is either 100% true, or it's 100% false. It's not a nice story. It's not a family tradition. It's not a religious holiday. It's not a neighborhood brunch. It's not the celebration of spring with bunnies and eggs. Easter is the victory over mankind's greatest fear and mankind's greatest enemy, death. Death has been defeated. Death has been swallowed up with life. He was dead, but now he's alive. And death has been irreversibly defeated. When people ask me if my parents are still living, I can either say, no, they're dead, or I can speak the truth. I prefer to speak the truth. My parents are very much alive. And they're living in heaven, waiting for the resurrection of their bodies. Death is not cessation. You don't cease to exist. Death is a temporary separation until the Lord comes and permanently unites us all together someday. Death is a bump in the road. It's not the end of the road. Jesus talks about this day in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He says, there'll come a day when soul and body are united. The body gets resurrected. The soul of its already in heaven joins its resurrected body. If you're living when Christ returns, your body gets changed immediately. And he says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 15, he says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord. This is the Lord's word. That we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. My parents have fallen asleep. Their bodies asleep with their souls awake. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. In case you don't hear Christ shout, you got the angel shouting. And in case he doesn't get your attention that way, there's a trumpet. And in case that doesn't get your attention, look what happens next. He says, and the dead in Christ shall rise. Now that ought to get your attention. Their tombs are going to be opened. Their bodies are going to be changed. They're going to be resurrected because death has been defeated in Jesus Christ. Then we who are alive, who didn't have the chance to die, we missed out on death. <laughs> we get changed too if we're alive when Christ returns. 
We who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, with my parents and your parents and your brothers and your sisters, whoever else. We all get caught up to be with Jesus in resurrected bodies. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. If your belief ends at death, then you literally have a dead faith. And you ought to put your faith in something that lives and lasts forever and goes beyond death. If you're not anticipating being reunited with your loved ones someday, if you think death wins, that death is the end, then you've totally missed the amazing truth of Easter. Jesus Christ, He's alive. And that changes absolutely everything. You can miss the exit on the freeway. You can miss a day at work. You can miss your daughter's play. You can even miss your daughter's wedding. I hope you don't, but you can, and survive. But you cannot miss the truth of Easter and live forever. Because Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. When someone predicts their death and their resurrection and then pulls it off, you ought to listen to that person. (laughs) And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did. Until recently, I had never really reflected upon Jesus' odd behavior after his resurrection. Jesus has just pulled off the greatest feat in all human history. He has defeated death. He's risen from the dead. He's proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is who he said he was. He is God in the flesh. He proved it. He has just reversed the irreversible. He has just come to glorious life after the goriest of deaths. And if you or I were writing the script, I think we would have written it differently at this point. I would have had Jesus knock at Pilate's home door and said, Hello, surprise! (laughs) I would have had Jesus walk into the middle of the Jewish Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin, that had sentenced him to death. And in the middle of the meeting, I would have stood up and said, I told you so! I would have had Jesus rent out the biggest outdoor amphitheater and give the best Easter message delivered by Mr. Easter himself. He didn't do any of that. As far as we know, Jesus did not appear to any unbeliever 
after his resurrection. Think about that. That seems a little peculiar at first. He did not appear to any unbeliever. He only appeared to frightened, cowering disciples who were hiding behind closed and locked doors. And he frightened them. Ah, it's a ghost! (laughs) Give me some fish and bread. I'm not a ghost. I'm Jesus. Here's my hands. Here's my side. Put your fingers there. You have to wonder why. You have to wonder why. And it must be because he wanted to bolster their faith. Because it was going to be those disciples who had carried the message on. And they had to believe it. And so they went from cowering behind closed doors. They went from denying Jesus three times after seeing Jesus to publicly standing before the people who had crucified him and said, you crucified the Messiah and preached with boldness. You see, Jesus performed Easter, but he's asked you and me to preach Easter. We are to preach it. And we are to preach it with the boldness. The boldness that Christ showed when he defeated death and rose from the grave. I hope you believe Jesus rose from the grave as he promised he would. I hope you believe that Jesus has defeated death. I hope you believe that Jesus gives you the freedom to accept Him as Savior and have eternal life or the freedom to deny the Easter story and reject Him for all eternity. He leaves you with the choice. And if you've believed in Jesus Christ, and if you've received Jesus Christ, then He's asking you to preach Jesus Christ boldly to others. Because Jesus Christ is alive. And that changes everything. Would you pray with me? I'd like to ask you to bow your heads and and pray with me. If you've never come to the point where you have personally received Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you recognize that you have had a tradition but without a personal faith and belief, if you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose from the grave, and you've never accepted Him, I ask you on this Easter Sunday to call out to Him and say, Lord Jesus, please save me. Easter changes everything. Lord, we pray that as believers in the Easter story, you would help us to be emboldened by your Spirit to preach that Jesus Christ is alive. That as we celebrate with traditions, that the traditions wouldn't overwhelm the truth that Jesus Christ is alive. We love you, Lord Jesus.
And thank you for what you've done for us. Amen. Well, my brothers and sisters, I'd like to close with the words found in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. Now the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Happy Easter. We love you. We'll see you soon.